Um, hello, folks. My name is Isaiah. I am the youth director here at Resurrection United Methodist Church. Um, I've been coming here since I was in, like, sixth grade. So, you know, I have the amazing opportunity to be able to speak with all of you today before your amazing turkey day with your family and before we get to have some delicious pie after the service. So bear with me while I preach and don't get too hungry. Um, so besides the food, the turkey, cranberry sauce, all that other stuff, um, this holiday is about one big thing. It's kind of in the name. Um, and it's about thankfulness. Now, what does thankfulness look like? Thankfulness is being happy or grateful because of something. One thing recently I'm very happy and grateful for is the weather in Minnesota. Um, I love when I do not need to see snow and shovel driveways and throw salt on my staircase so I don't slip and fall um, before December because I want to actually enjoy the weather until, you know, we have six months of winter because that's the, you know, the life that we choose to live here in Minnesota. Um, but the one biggest thing that I am most thankful for here is the people that I have in my life and the people that I have surrounding me and supporting me throughout my life. Um, with that being said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be talking about three stories um, that help encapsulate what I mean by being thankful for those around you. Um, the first story is going to be in the Bible. Crazy thought. Um, and it's going to be about the prodigal son. It is Luke 15, 11 through 32. I'm going to be reading out of the message, not message, the NIV version, just so you know. Starting with 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, oh, after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomachs with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he had heard music and dancing. He was called, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, 
And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The other brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never give me even a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, in this story, this story is about God's love for us and how he's always going to be there for us, no matter what we do and how much we falter that he's always going to be loving us unconditionally. But one way that I like to look at it is the fact that with the people in our lives, especially loved ones, um, they are going to mess up. And I know we have people in our lives that have messed up and hurt us, um, whether they meant to or not. Um, these people were being selfish or they weren't truly appreciating what they have with you or around you. And I think this is a story about how we as Christians and as family members need to be there for them and let them, like, kind of run crazy. I know a lot of us have messed up in our lives, and we've gone through those motions, and we've been the person that's been selfish, and we've had someone that took us back and allowed us to be back in their lives, and I'm hoping that we can all give that same attitude towards them. I know it's very easy to be bitter, and I know it's very easy to bitter, and I know it's very easy to look down on them, but God calls us to choose forgiveness before anything else, and God wants us to be there for the people, even if they keep messing up, because he, people need that. Second story is going to be from my favorite movie, um, not many people here know this. My favorite movie, it's called La La Land. It is amazing. Oscar award-winning movie. If you need recommendations, it's amazing. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be spoiling this movie for you, especially the ending. So, I mean, if, you're, if you still want to watch it, I mean, feel free. I have two DVDs, so if you need to borrow it. Um, so, this story is about me and Sebastian is the two, the couple that's in the movie. Love story, musical, all that jazz. Um, it's funny, it's about jazz. Um, so Mia, her whole thing is that she's trying to be an aspiring actress. Um, they both live in Hollywood Hills, all that little area. Um, her whole thing is that she's trying to be an actress where she feels like she's unseen and she's just a number, another number in the crowd. And the other guy is named Sebastian. He is an aspiring jazz musician trying to show what jazz truly is and what it's supposed to be, um, trying to open up his own nightclub um, and jazz bar. Now, throughout this movie, both of them support one another in their efforts to be in a relationship but also support each other's dreams. What Sebastian does to try to support Mia is that he helps her with feeling inspired, makes her feel like she's worth make sure that she knows that she's not just another person and that she has a lot of potential and that if she keeps pushing forward, that she's going to be what she wants to be. He tries his best to help her write and helps her start writing her one-woman show. 
Her, on the other hand, she goes to his performances, goes to jazz clubs, starts enjoying jazz for the first time, because in the beginning of the movie, she thinks jazz is just background music, which I thought jazz was background music as well. It's definitely like a thing you hear in the background of a party or in an elevator. Um, another thing that she does to try to help support him is come up with ideas of what this jazz club will look like. Now, Sebastian, guy, guys don't usually have the smartest ideas sometimes, um, he wants to name this jazz club Chicken on a Stick. Amazing name for a club. I'm, you're guessing what's going to happen at this club. He wants to sell chicken to all these people while they listen to jazz, which not the best idea for a name, but I mean, it's, it's, it's catchy. Um, she, on the other hand, um, says like, oh, what you should do is since your name is Sebastian, just call it Sebs. And then instead of having the apostrophe, have it has like a music note. So it like is like, oh, look, it's jazzy. It's real neat. Um, and he says, nah, chicken on the stick is too iconic. I can't change that up. It's so dumb. Um, fast forward a little bit. Um, what they start to do is they start pursuing their dreams. And I don't know if you guys have started to pursue things in your life and put more effort into the things that you want to do, but... When you start doing that, you start spending less time with the people around you because you have to put more and more effort into these things that you're working on. Um, and as they're pursuing their goal, they start spending less time with each other and start neglecting each other's time and effort that they're putting in for each other, um, which leads to them having a big fight on what their ideals of what they're looking for in the relationship and what they're looking for in their lives. Um, they end up having this big fight, and she ends up moving to her mom's, um, and that's like the big breakup scene that you see in every love story movie, um, which you already know what's going to happen next. Um, they obviously, they work it out, they settle their differences, and then they don't get back together, and you're like, what the heck is this movie about? I wanted a happy ending. Um, you're not getting in this movie. Um, so... What ends up happening is both of them decide that although they love each other, that they need to give 110% for their dream and that they need to do what God is calling them to do and what inspires them to be a better person. And she goes off to try her best to be an actress and he does his thing trying to open up this jazz club. Five years later, just as like past five years, um, it shows Mia, it shows her walking out of her house um, with a man that you've never seen, not Sebastian, unfortunately, um, and it's them going on their little date night. Now, when they go on this date, they end up driving around the cities, and they stop by a little club, and they're like, ooh, let's check this place out. This place looks a little neat, and then as they're walking down the stairs, they turn around the corner, and she sees the sign for the jazz club. It says Seb's. So she realizes, like, holy crap, I know where we are. Um, she walks in, and then she sees him on stage. He's performing, and she ends up he ends up performing the song that he would play with her and sing with her when they were in a relationship. Um, they both look at each other. They see each other. They nod at each other, and then they go their separate ways and don't even talk, and that's just the end of the movie. Um, not the happiest ending of a movie, um, but I think it's a great example of showing us that God puts people in our lives that maybe aren't meant to be there our entire lives. Um, in the book of life, sometimes God puts people in your life that are only going to be in there for a couple chapters maybe, 
maybe just a few paragraphs and maybe just a sentence or two. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't make a big impact on you. It doesn't mean that the moments that you spent with them weren't shaping you to who you want to be. You see that with Sebastian naming it Sebs. You see that with her continuing to push herself and like be her own inspiration to be what she wants to be. They're able to lift each other up even though they're not in each other's lives anymore because the things that they did made them grow as a person and become who they wanted to be. The last story is a story um, in my own life. Um, a few years ago, I want to say about two years ago, um, I was reading book at a park, you know, being real moody. Um, and when I was reading this book, um, I got a call. And I got a call from my cousin. Um, called me on the phone. I haven't talked to him in like many years. Um, and we just caught up, got to talking to each other, talking about our lives, where we are right now. Um, he was telling me about how him and my other cousin, his brother, were having strains in their relationship and they were starting to drift apart. I was able to like sympathize because I at the same time was having problems with my brother. Um, but one thing that he had told me was we both need to work on our relationships and that at the end of the day, you can be mad all you want, but it's your family. And that's someone that's gonna be in your life forever and you can't change that. And we need to both work on our relationships and that we just need to push through it and not be bitter for so long. I agreed and I was just like, you know, I don't really want to, but that is right, you're, you're in the right right now, so I totally understand, I will try my best. Um, as we kept talking about our lives and everything, um, we, he was asking me, he was like, hey, like we should hang out sometime, like I would love to see you, I haven't seen you in forever, um, I'd like to spend more time with you, get to know you, like I feel like we never hung out very much, like when we were younger and like it's been so many years. Um, and he was like, you know, like I feel like the only time that we're able to see one another is at funerals. It feels like that's the only time our family ever gets together and are able to see one another. And it, I don't want a funeral to be the moments that I think of when I think of my family and my loved ones. I want to think of like happy moments and times that we can laugh and like enjoy ourselves. Um, I was like, of course, I would love to see you. Oh my gosh. Um, we had plans to see each other that weekend, but when the weekend came up, um, a couple buddies of mine um, were in town, so I was just like, crap, I do want to see my buddies. I haven't seen them in forever. Um, but they were just in town for the weekend, so I ended up telling them, I'm like, hey, sorry, like, I would love to see you, but I have something kind of planned with these people, so is it okay if I cancel? Um, he was very understanding. He was like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, feel free. Like, I'm going to see, like, we can plan for next week. It's not a big deal. Um, I'll just see you next week. It's like, I have plenty of free time, so I just want to spend time with you. Um, that coming Tuesday, he ended up dying in his sleep. And um, it sucked a lot because I gave up on my last moment that I could ever see him. Um, and that is unfortunate. That's something that I won't be able to change. But I can still look at all the amazing times that I was able to have with him, with my loved ones. And I was so happy that I at least got to talk to him before it happened. And that we got to talk about our lives and talk about where we're at and have aspirations for the future. Um, this brings up my last point in talking about the fact that we have people in our lives that 
aren't always going to be with us. Um, and we might miss out on those moments, and we need to try our best to appreciate everything that we can have with these people around us. Um, there's going to be people around you that bug you and that annoy you and like you just don't want to be around sometimes and you might like not might not like all the time. God doesn't call you to like everyone. God does call you to love everyone. And I want you guys to be able to appreciate the people that you have around your Thanksgiving table. Appreciate the people that you had in your life that aren't here anymore and realize that just because they're gone doesn't mean that they didn't help shape you into who you are today and help shape you into the person that God is calling you to be for the future. God wants you to be thankful for all the good times that you have, but he wants you to be thankful for all the bad things that happened to you. God wants you to know that you can use these moments as a growing moment and as a moment to improve on yourself and not to harden your heart and let these bad moments or any of these negative times weigh you down. I hope that we can all just be grateful for the people that we have in front of us because we can't guarantee anything and that's just life. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have an amazing plan for you. And that doesn't mean that God isn't still going to be working through you and through those people. You have so many little things that you do in your life and you make small moments a big deal to someone and you don't even know that it's happening. Use every moment that you can as well as you can. And sometimes we're going to mess up. That's just happening. We're life. We're humans. But please know that no matter what happens, that you are loved and that you love the people around you and that you can show them that you love them as much as you can while you can. I'm going to go ahead and do prayer. You get it? God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for putting such amazing people in my life and all these people's lives here, God. I hope that we can appreciate them as much as you appreciate them, God. I hope that we can show them all the love and the grace and the forgiveness that you show us. I pray that this Thanksgiving that we'll be able to enjoy the food, but try our best to enjoy the company as well and set aside our differences and know that we just need to love people. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for your amazing plan for our lives. I might not know what's going to happen next, but I know that I can rely on you, God. Thank you for everything that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen.